Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Death Think Show. <laughs> yes, the show where we talk about developer things and think about them. Your hosts, Nikola Brezhniak and Sean Milochik. Hey, everybody. Okay. So what's so, our topic today, Nicola? So the topic today is something that I get asked quite a lot, uh, and that is, is it worth investing the time to build up a profile on Stack Overflow? Of course, given the fact that you're either, you know, starting or you already like are in the programming field, but you know, you, you kind of like everybody asks you, Hey, do you have a Stack Overflow profile? And then you're like, Oh, no, I don't. And yeah, there's, there's the conversation ender, right? So I don't know. What do you think? Well, I do have a profile and I created it just because I guess I wanted to post a question or upvote someone's answer one time or another. And I have a, a pretty low ranking. I've never sought out a higher one, but I really have no idea why anyone would want to cultivate a high ranking unless it was for the purpose of getting a job. So, and that doesn't seem like compared to your GitHub profile and other things really that important. So I don't know why I would want that. Yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, I created mine in like 2010. I honestly don't know how old Stack Overflow is, but uh, when I started, of course, I was only asking questions. And for a very, very long time, I was only asking questions. However, it turned out that those questions that I asked were very good because I got a lot of upvotes on them. And then somewhere, I don't even remember when, uh, maybe actually yeah i remember the first time when i started answering a bit more was uh when i had to do a mobile version of a site and i was using jquery mobile and i found a lot of questions to which i knew the answer because i read the book i can't remember the author anymore sorry author <laughs> uh and then it kind of like this kind of like started because so i had like you know 200, 300, 50, 100 reps. And as I started doing that, I was kind of like very quickly to 2K. Uh, flash forward today, I am approaching the 10K. And so what I have to say about that, uh, my experience with it is very good because, so you know, these freelance sites and whatnot. Uh, to one site, I came in, without any conversation, I mean, any interview or anything, just by uh, providing my Stack Overflow profile. At the time, I had like 8,000 reps. And yeah, so if you ask me, uh, it's valuable. It has some value, especially so, yeah, if you want to kind of like change jobs. But you mentioned the GitHub one where you said, uh, where you said that... Uh, that may be even more important today. Yes, I would actually have to agree because there you actually show, hey, you know, you can do something with the code and code does not lie, right? Yeah, I mean, I've hired and interviewed quite a bit over since about 2010 or so. And I don't remember ever asking about or being presented with an applicant's Stack Overflow account, but definitely have asked for or been presented with their GitHub account in the resume. 
cool. Uh, yeah, I have a joke like it's um, our dean in our university used to say uh, our graduate finds a job in maximum three days, depending on when the weekend falls. So to kind of like extrapolate on that one, uh, having a very good Stack Overflow profile uh, makes you very desirable as in hot on the market because I mean when you have a certain amount of reps you get all these recruiter emails because of course Stack Overflow somehow you know it, of course if you create a certain I can't remember what the name of it is uh, the profile there then you get contacted directly and stuff so yeah definitely if you you know want to get a job or you know a new job or whatever or some new field that's a very having good rep there is very good however i have to touch on one thing here and that is i did like meet people who don't do it for that they do it only and only because of this their own satisfaction of helping people so you know that's that's also an interesting point of view yeah i mean so when i was doing django pretty heavily from say 2009 through 2012 i mean i used it up through uh tw the beginning of 2015 but during that time was when i was really learning a lot and i was on the django users mailing list every day and because i have a habit of when i have a question i've seen plenty of people ask questions where it's obvious they were lazy. They didn't take the time to figure out how to ask the question so that they could be helped. So I had a habit of making sure I could explain the question pretty clearly and trying to find the answer myself first. And what happened was almost all the time I was able to either by figuring it out or by taking the time to write up the question in the way that I knew I would answer the questions that I was going to get anyway from the people who knew what they were doing, I would generally answer my own questions and almost never ask a question. And I found that I was answering a lot of questions for a few years and there were multiple times years later when one of the developers on my team would come to me and say, hey, I had this problem and I did a Google search and I found the answer and you wrote it. So you can definitely contribute in a way that doesn't accrue any, you know, there's no points or reputation or profile uh, for that kind of thing. And also because I wanted to mention... Um, you said something about having a GitHub reputation. Maybe you're talking about stars or whatever, but I was just talking about the code. So if someone came to me and s said, hey, I have this reputation, I don't know how much that would mean to me, but if they said, hey, here's this repo that I made, check it out. And I looked at the repo and I saw that the code was clean and made sense and it showed that they knew what they were doing a bit, that is the kind of thing I would look for in a GitHub profile as opposed to just the number of stars. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's the thing. Uh, if you ask me, uh, since I know that uh, it takes a lot of effort, actually, to get to a certain number of reputation on Stack Overflow, I would. so if a, a certain person comes to me with a very good Stack Overflow profile, I would consider that person being very good. Why? Because I myself know that it's not an easy task to do also to touch on the <clears throat> when you said lazy people uh i really don't like and actually so that's why new people newcomers right uh don't like stack overflow they actually there's actually a term called uh uh 
Nazi police or something like that. Stack Overflow police. Yeah, I think that's the one uh, where they uh, don't like them. Why? Well, people usually come and they say, oh, help me connect to the database. And they that's literally, I used to see questions like that. And of course, yep, on me too. those, yeah, exactly, right? And on those kind of people, you just go nuts because they didn't read the rules. They didn't read the FAQ. And I mean, if you want me to help you, hey, put in some effort. So usually what people would there then ask, what have you tried? And they would be like, hey, what have I tried? I just came here for the answers. And usually those people, you know, they go away and... Like, honestly, you don't want to have them in the community. I mean, I may be too harsh, but then again, you know, if you're... No, it's a time suck. Yeah, if you want me to, like, um, give you my time, then please show that you really did some effort, did some searching. And then again, if you're a beginner, there is, I would go as far as saying 99% chance that there already is a question because you're not as advanced, you know, so you don't have, you know, those specific questions that you need a, a professional, you know, who's very good with a certain technology to answer you. So, yeah, and uh, I can understand the frustrations on both parts, right? And yeah, it takes time to um, develop a profile. So to actually answer the question, is it good of an investment to do that now, as in today, Maybe, okay, here's what I think. Maybe not in Java, maybe not in PHP, maybe not in, you know, those languages that have been for uh, with us for a long time. But if, so, so for example, React is nowadays very, you know, hot topic and whatnot, uh, it may be a very good idea to do it with a certain uh, technology that is new, you know, because that will help you to place yourself as a, uh, I honestly don't know the name for it, but there must be a name for it. Uh, a master in a field, so to speak. Uh, because if people come and they Google, you know, 10 questions and your name constantly keeps on popping up. And if they have like, let's say this is a company, right? That's searching for, you know, some specific answers and you already answer them for free. 10 questions. If they really need some additional help, hey, guess who they're going to contact, right? Yeah, it's definitely good to have a reputation, but at the same time, you want to avoid what we used to call help vampires. That's someone who they'd ask a question, and you'd give them the answer. Maybe it's two lines of code, no big deal. And they would immediately come back with the next step in the problem. They're basically having you write the code if, if you would waste your time. They would keep asking question by question and getting a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more from you. And they just, they're never, the whole point of helping someone is you want to say, oh, you are you know, a smart person, you're trying, you're stuck because you don't know what you're doing, you're new to this, that's totally reasonable and understandable. Here, let me help you over this little hurdle so you can see the other side, and then you can have smooth sailing from there on. And that's what you want, that's what you hope, that's what you expect. You know, But when you get someone who you help them up one step, and they say, okay, now I need help with the second step, now I need help with the third step. And at that point, as long as you let them, they will just take advantage of you and waste your time. Uh, so I'm going to be harsh here. And so in Stack Overflow, so this can happen. However, when they keep asking the questions in the comments, uh, 
you just tell them, hey, please make a new question. However, they never do. Why? Because they're lazy, right? And just to be a bit more harsh on those kind of people, I think they're in this industry for the wrong reasons. Because if you don't see joy, like real, true, pure joy in finding out things for yourself, like honestly, I remember myself being like when I was starting to... I couldn't solve something for like five days. And then when you finally got it, man, that's that's like awesome feeling. That's really, I don't know. That's honestly, that's one of the things that gets me going in this field. Uh, I don't know how it is for you. Maybe something similar, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't understand it when I talk to a developer who's not like that. To me, that's what it's about. And uh there's a very famous person on the internet called Eric S. Raymond. He commonly goes by the initials ESR. Have you heard of him? Honestly, no. He wrote The Art of Unix Programming and uh, The Cathedral and the Bazaar is another famous uh, thing he wrote. Um, he has a thing called How to Ask Questions the Smart Way. If you just Google How to Ask Questions the Smart Way, you'll come across it. And I would use it from time to time in the mailing list. If you overuse it, uh, it may make you look like you're a jerk. But I think there's really good stuff there. Like, before you ask, try to find an answer by searching the archive of the list you're planning to question. Try to find an answer by doing a web search. Try to find an answer by reading the manual. Read an FAQ. Experiment with it yourself and try to figure it out. And if you can, ask a friend or try to read the source code. And when you get someone who demonstrates by by the very fact of their question, like, how do I connect to a database in this language? It's like they've clearly done none of those things. And this is a pretty big uh, document, this how to ask smart questions or how to ask questions a smart way. And yeah, my program doesn't work. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. He goes into great detail on that. And that's something that people should understand. And I, like, I think the people that don't, the people who just bypass all that and just ask the question are the people you referred to as the ones that are st- – in the field for the wrong reason they're like oh there are a lot of jobs in tech i should become a programmer yeah and they honestly shouldn't because what they should ask themselves is hey am i able to do this next 30 40 years they may be surprised by the answer that they give themselves in their solitude <laughs> yeah but i mean if you think about various countries and various economies and what countries have as natural resources and what type of businesses are there. Technology is something that pretty much anyone who can access a text editor and the internet can be a programmer or a web designer. And it may seem like it's the only thing they can do to get a job. So I can sympathize with that. But at the same time, what we do is a craft. It's not just something that anyone can do nine to five and then go home and sit on the couch and watch TV and drink beer without it consuming a part of who they are being a part of their life. Yeah. Here, here basically you're touching in, in a topic that will cover, I mean, it will come up more times during our show uh, because this is something that I like to refer to as personal development. And yeah, I mean, if you're, as you guys say, nine to five, and then at home, you can't wait to come home and do something else, then honestly, I would really question if this is if this if this is something that you really are, let's say, put on this earth to do. Probably not. 
Yeah, you know what? I saved this article. I didn't tell you about it. I, I don't know if you came across it from another means. But I read a really great story last week about this kid from Nigeria who wanted to be a programmer, couldn't afford a laptop. He had a, I think it was like a Nokia phone, not even a smartphone, a feature phone. And so he actually wrote like 50 apps on his phone to freelance, to make money, to, you know, try to get himself going as a programmer. And he was using something called J2ME, which I don't even know what that is, but I guess it's the operating system that these phones use that's kind of old. He found W3 Schools, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Anyone sure. who's searching it has found it. And using W3 Schools and other online sources, he would write stuff and then he would email a friend who had a computer to look at the sites that he made to see if they looked okay. And this is typing on a T9 keyboard. You know, this isn't even on-screen keyboard. He was typing the letters, you know, one through nine, pressing them multiple times to get the letter he wanted to, and he wrote code this way, 50 phone apps with that. And now he has gotten recognized, he's gotten a job, and he has a laptop and, you know, stuff like that. And he wrote a whole article about how he got started and, you know, what he used and, you know, the problems he encountered along the way and, you know, where he was in Nigeria he didn't really have another option. So when you contrast that with someone who has a computer and an internet connection that work perfectly fine and a full keyboard, and then they can't even be bothered to figure out the first thing about what they're trying to do, you know, I got to say this guy deserves a lot of credit and, you know, any advantage he can get, I think he's earned it. And it really contrasts with the people we were talking about before. Yeah, I agree. And so uh, I'm going to pull a parallel here with uh, a book that I'm currently reading. It's actually uh, How to Teach Your Baby to Read. Yeah, you heard it right. How to Teach Your Baby to Read. And actually, so I'm not going to go into the details or why and whatnot. However, the thing is, they were actually working with uh, brain damaged children. And what they were able to do with them is that they read on a normal on a level of a normal child like an average child and now the question is okay so was there something special with those kids that you know literally got brain damage because of i don't know they fell or you know at car accidents and whatnot and then the conclusion was that no they weren't any special it's actually the fact that average children and i would say average people in general just don't want to work hard because if they would we as a i'm gonna go as far as saying species would be way more advanced than we currently are and yeah that's that's kind of sad um but yeah so just to be clear you're saying that we don't work to our potential not any of that garbage about we only use 10 percent of our brain no 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 like yeah no not that right. i'm basically saying yeah, that i just want to make it clear yeah me. yeah that we're not using our full potential period and that's sad i mean yeah yeah well if you read there's a book called outliers by malcolm gladwell right malcolm gladwell the author of blink and many other things yes and he talked about interviewing i think it was some violin teachers and if you compare someone with a lot of talent, just raw talent, who is way better than someone else out of the box, and then you have someone else who's just 
average in every way. They're not good. You know, they don't have any handicap or anything. They just are not good. If that person practices more than the talented person, then, you know, five years later, they are going to way outdistance them. They're going to become way better. So it doesn't matter what you start with as much as how much you practice. And of course, that's a whole other topic about what is practice. It's not just repetition. It's also doing something while intentionally paying attention to what you're doing, noticing the outcome, making adjustments, and so on. But also, uh, we're kind of getting way off the topic of Stack Overflow rankings and GitHub rankings. So uh, do we have a way to tie in all these wonderful stories? We'll put links in the show notes to them in with the original theme. Totally. Uh, here, I would just like to, yeah, I know we're going too deep uh, or too wide. Uh, what you said that uh, about, <clears throat> you know, working hard and everything, basically, this is one of my favorite quotes. I have them on my website, three basic quotes that I love. And one of them is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And it's just as simple as that. Anyways, yes, with this, so my kind of conclusion would be, uh, yes, definitely create a Stack Overflow account. Uh, if you're asking questions, please read the FAQ and please try to be as thorough as possible. Many times you will find out that by asking a question in a concise way, you will actually find out the answer yourself. And kind of like a pro tip, uh, don't try to go and, you know, mm, get points in a very established kind of language. Try to do it in a, some new language slash area slash whatever, you know, that's just my two cents, as you guys say. Yeah, it's all been asked and answered before for a lot of those. So, all right, excellent. So do it. It can't hurt. If you're going to help people anyway, you might as well get a little credit for it. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. I saw I was at a Django Con in 2009 or 2010, and during one of the lightning talks, one of the guys got up and said, oh, yeah, I've been playing this great new massively multiplayer online role-playing game. It's uh, called Stack Overflow. And, you know, he kind of introduced the audience to, you know, the points and reputation and helping people. And it can also be addictive. It can be a way to pass the time. I mean, if you're going to be online watching YouTube videos and clicking funny memes and things like that and wasting your time and not being productive, you might as well spend that time on Stack Overflow uh, helping others because it feels really good. And on top of that, and this goes without saying if you've ever done it, you learn so much by teaching and helping others. When I respond to someone on a mailing list, almost never do I read the question, type an answer, and hit send. Normally I read the question, I open up an editor, I write a little code, I mess around with it a little bit, and sometimes I'm surprised and I'm glad that I didn't type my initial idea because it turns out that was wrong. And it helps me even, you know, our profession is so huge and wide that even if you're an expert in the language that you use every day, you don't use every single aspect of it based on the industry you work in or, you know, other factors. So sometimes someone asks a little question that seems easy and you learn a little bit better about the, you learn a little bit more about the tools that you use every day. So definitely go for it awesome uh 
yeah anyways we will wrap up here however you mentioned like the games and everything we will in uh, one of our next episode we're gonna talk about so-called hacker games where so not like stack overflow but like literal let's say games where you have to pass a certain test and write a program for it it's awesome i love it and can't wait for us to do an episode about it anyways all right cool well Thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks, Nicola. This was a really good first show. Thank you, Sean. Bye, guys. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the DevThink podcast. To reach us for feedback, show suggestions, or any other comments, email us at info at devthink. That's D-E-V-T-H dot I-N-K.